It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Is the Utah State game a trap game for BYU? Rivals has arrived. Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of Rivals. Scott Mitchell here and Jason Buck over there. How are you, Jason? Doing great, buddy. Uh, Jason apparently is lost somewhere in Never Never Land, and he won't tell me where he is. He's like keeping it a secret and and probably for good reason because I've been stalking him and I won't leave him alone. And so he's trying to stay away from me. <laughs> I would not avoid you, man. I'm back. I'm back from Chicago. My my football season's over. I'm done coaching. Well, you're a crappy coach. I thought oh, they I thought they were going to win like the whole thing. I after my semifinal loss. Terrible. All right. So, um. You made a comment earlier about this being a trap game for BYU when they play Utah State this week. What what did you mean Absolutely. by that? Well, I think it's a trap game because you, BYU cannot afford to lose three years in a row. I mean, that'd just be devastating to lose to Utah State three years in a row. I mean, they've got it. They've got to do it just to keep the, you know, the respect of the program at this level. You know, they knocked off Boise State State last week, which was awesome for them. You know, a great win, but you know that's just one of those upsets. You've got to be able to beat Utah State and beat San Diego State to say you can play at the top of the you know a G5 conference, right? And come back after losing to Toledo and and South Florida. So they got to have it, but this is in-state. I mean, you beat Utah State, what, 20 straight years or some big number like that, and it was just – it's a program that wasn't independent, found their brain, got a conference, have been just getting better and better and better. We go independent, we start dropping, and all of a sudden we lose two years in a row to Utah all right, so, State. So how is this so, a trap game, though? Because I, I'm kind of confused. Well, it's a it's a trap here's, game. Here's let me let me explain what I think a trap game is. Okay. So to me, a trap game is one of those games that you overlook because you have a game the following week that's really important. So, for example, Utah played Cal okay. last week, and Cal wasn't really they weren't a bad team. They weren't, but they weren't a good team. And if you didn't kind of focus on them, they could beat you where Utah could have easily overlooked them and go, look, the game of our season is Washington the next week. So the trap game is that one right before are you can before a big game. So are you concerned yeah. that the that, that Utah State's a trap game because they're playing Liberty next week? No, no. Oh. No, I was looking at it differently. I looked at that as that as a, a trap game for their their season. I think their whole season rides on which is sad, but it rides on beating Utah State. So, so this is like um, I mean, I think coaches getting fired. 
decide where they're getting fired. So you think this is one of the and, you think this is one of the most important games of their season then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I was okay. looking at it. I got not it. not as in they'd overlook Utah State, but as in an absolute half important to, games where they could really they could really trip up on they it, they right? got to win this game. Yeah, it's devastating to them to lose it three years in a row. I mean, I think for Kleine to keep his job, he's got to win this game. If he doesn't, he's on the bubble. He's on the bubble certainly. Well, how how if he doesn't? How is it then? Where that Utah State has surpassed is it BYU? Is it simply because of the conference affiliation? Are they doing a better job of recruiting? Is the administration the support? What what's what's really created an atmosphere where Utah State is better than BYU? Well, I'm sure all those things influence, right? I mean, the good coaching hire and the way the administration works, you know, and in hand-in-hand hand with the athletic department and the way that that all works and recruiting. Those are all things. But I think recruiting is affected by being in a conference. I think you have an advantage in recruiting being in a conference versus being independent. Yeah, but it's BYU, and people, it's BYU and people go to BYU because they want to go to BYU. I mean, there's a lot That's, of people. It's, there's a lot of people that do that. Yeah, it's the only thing that – saves the program that keeps them where they are is the church card. It gets athletes go, you know, to go there that would never normally go there right now. Cause it's the one thing they do have, but losing the, losing the conference affiliation is a, you know, chink in the armor and they can't afford to have that. You lose players that you normally wouldn't lose. Well, I, I think the Boise State was a bigger win, Jason. I, I think I think it had more I think it had more clout. I think it had more meaning. I think it goes much, much further in the long term uh staying power of Kalani Sataki and his coaching staff. I I don't I don't know I don't know that this unless they just have an absolute absolute super meltdown uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that Kalani. I don't think Kalani loses this job. I really. Boise don't. State. Yeah, if they would have lost to Boise State and Utah State and San Diego State, Kalani could have definitely been gone. Yeah. Right. And Boise State absolutely is a great win. I don't think it is as important as Utah State because Jason, yeah, national Jason, 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 Jason. Hang bigger, on but, a second, Jason. Utah State hasn't done anything. Okay, they they haven't won their conference. Other than beat BYU the last. Well, two I, years I understand straight. that, but but Boise State has been Boise State was 14th ranked team in the country. Boise yeah. State is 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 going to win the Mountain West probably every year, or 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 at least be in contention to win it every year. I'm not sure that's where Utah State is. I, in fact, I think Utah State's a little bit down this year, and They're I think, a little bit down. Yeah. But with Gary Anderson, they'll be back. If you stay, Jason, here, here, no, you're, you're, no, that's, that's you're negative Nancy. Point. I'm yeah. not, I'm not denying that Boise state's the better program and the best program over there, but BYU has to recruit against Utah state within the state. And it's like the little sister, right? It, in little, in little cash Valley. And it's more devastating to keep losing to your little sister. That's just up the road. 
versus losing to Boise State. Hey, they got good ice cream. <laughs> you know see what I'm saying? I mean, I Boise understand State, what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. It's a great team. And it does Utah help. In, State, we it, can't lose to them. It does help Cannot in the lose to them. You're right. It does help in the recruiting. All right, we're going to take a yeah, break. Uh, I, I'm curious. BYU right now lost its starting quarterback, who they thought was pretty good, Zach Wilson. They've had Jaron Hall. They've had Baylor Romney. Baylor Romney beat Boise State. Jaron yeah. Hall almost beat South Florida but got injured. And no one's saying who's going to be the starter. So how do you prepare for a starter? When we come back, I'm going to hear what uh, – or, or, or the potential of two starters. So when we come back, I want to I want to hear what Jason has to say. How do you, how do you deal with this situation from a defensive perspective? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Okay, welcome back to the program here. Scott Mitchell and Jason Buck. This is Rivals, and we're talking about those old BYU Cougars and their ice cream rival, Utah State. Um, I'm really fascinated by one aspect of this game, and that is BYU has not named a starter. It, it appeared that Baylor Romney looked really good against Boise State. Seemed like maybe he'd be the favorite, but then Jaron Hall, a lot of folks say, Maybe a better athlete, maybe better overall long-term pick. Uh, really, really played well until he got hurt. Uh, runs a little bit more, uh, maybe just a little bit more ready. I don't know. I I was extremely press, impressed with Baylor Romney. But besides that, if you're a defensive coach or a player and you don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be for the other team, and and these two quarterbacks are very different. One's much of a not one is not much of a runner and the other one is so how do you how do you prepare when you don't know who's going to start yeah that does throw a little wrench in it because you've got a you only got one game film on hall right and right you got one game film on ronnie right and you're right one is clearly much more of a passer one is, is that is that hard though jason just having one one game film yeah, I don't like having just one game film on somebody to grab all my tendencies, but you know you got to go with what you have. And I'd base it my game plan more overall on um, gr- on Grimes than the quarterback. Meaning, what's he like to do as an offensive coordinator? What's his tendencies? And all right, let me you, you let me throw a, another uh, wrench in that. Grimes isn't calling the plays. 
Yeah, there's yeah. Aaron Rod Aaron the, Roderick is calling the plays now. And that changes overnight. So you got what, one game with Roderick? <laughs> right? Right. So that so you got one game film to go off of and that's what I'd base my game plan on. I go, I'm gonna do a couple games. I do because you got Roderick. Okay. I mean, that's a completely different mind. You gotta go on his tendencies what he's going to do. I can't imagine him not going with Romney. I think Romney, in the one game, if I'm going to take one game, one snapshot, he played better in that game than Zach Wilson's played all year. Romney looked really good in that, in that game. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I liked him. Yep. I mean, he was, he, he was special, making good decisions, delivering a good ball. He, was, he might be what BYU's been looking for. I I don't know. He looked really good. He looked really good. I, I think for me, I would want to play Baylor Romney, and I'm I'm not I'm not asking you because I want to get I want to understand a little bit more of what you how you would plan for it. But here's why I just really quick here's why I here's why I play him. I'd I'd want to find out. I want to find out if this is this an anomaly, or 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 is this kid for real. Because if exactly. it's, if it's for real, then it kind of it might change some things you you do in the future about who you play and kind of what you have going forward. Uh, and I don't think you lose anything by playing Baylor Romney in against Utah State. I mean, to beat Boise State, it's not like this is a tougher opponent. It's not. But but playing two games, it would give you a. I think it'd give you a much better understanding as a coach, you know, what you, what you really, what you have or what you don't have. Oh, so, absolutely. So I want to get, absolutely. Ba- I want to get back though to, to how do you prepare f- if you don't know two guys? So you kind of look at historical tendencies of the coach, the coordinator, kind of more of, yeah. and what, what, what do you look for when you look at, like what kind of tendencies you look for? Well, I want to see if I can make a player one dimensional, Right. And make your offense okay. one-dimensional. Um, Taysom Hill, for example. So if you I mean, can just is, take, if you can just take, like, the, just say we're we're going to shut down the run. You, you, and, yeah. And then once we shut that down, then we'll, we'll we'll only have one thing to deal with, and that's just easier to contend with than multiple things. Multiple. So if he's an average passer and an awesome runner, you want to keep. You know, you want to load up your box more and play more zone coverage and keep them underneath you and just make them pick away at you and shut down the run and make an average thrower throw the ball more. Right. And that's, that's, and if he's a great thrower and a weak runner, you just want to take away that game, the passing game and make them run the ball more and take that great arm away from them. And when they're that, so a guy that's more balanced, and hurt either way is much more difficult to deal with, or a team that's got a much more balanced attack, right? Yep. A great running game and a great throwing quarterback, and you know you can't just focus on one. But if a team's really unbalanced, it's it's easy to much easier to take that away from them. Do you know Do you know what I would do if I'm a if I'm an offensive guy? You want to hear what what I have to do with this? Yeah. Um. I would look at your – so for me, tendencies are what do you do on first down? So I want to look at how often do you blitz, what kind of blitzes they are, and what coverages do you play on first down. 
and then I'm going right. to design plays that are, have the highest percentage of succeeding against that information. So I'll take ten. Yeah. Play, I'll take ten first down plays, and I'll say I've got to average, and I've got to average uh, three to four yards on this play. Like I, I can't have this play get less than three yards. Yeah. Okay. And and for me, it's all about winning on first down. And then yeah. if if I can win on first down, then I have so much more I can do on second down against you, to keep you off balance. So so winning first down is the first is like priority one for me. And it's knowing yeah. it's knowing, like I want my quarterback to feel like so confident in these plays I call on first down. So he knows them, he reads them, he's confident. Run or pass, I don't care. But right. um, I, I've got to have good yardage. Right. And then and then for me, then it becomes situational. Because second down essentially is like first down. If you, I'm going to run something similar to the first 10 plays on second down. Unless it's, unless it's a, a unique situation. So for me, like second is really short. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say they're, they're like, when, when am I going to take a shot against you play? So second and short, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a big play against you. And then I go, then I break down third down by third and short, third and medium, third and long. And I look at your tendencies, what you do. And I design yeah. all of my plays based around what your tendencies are. So for me, I don't have tendencies. <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading what you do, and I'm just playing off of off of what your tendencies are. Then I want to know what do you do the minute I cross the fifty yard line. And so there's there's critical there's critical times, first and ten starting a series when you cross the fifty yard line, and when you get in the red zone. And and I want to know what what you're going to do. Uh, in those three scenarios, because typically what will happen is a defensive coordinator wants to put you at a loss when you start a drive and then all of a sudden you're moving and then you get past the 50 yard line. That coordinator does not want you to get in scoring territory. So they want to, you know, they they want something to stop you with a minimal gain. And and yeah. so often I'd get these coordinators that they just blitz you the first the first time you have a first down inside the 50 yard line you're going to get blitzed. And and then and then the red zone, the red zone's different because they play different coverages and almost and this is just the NFL, but almost 100% of coverages in the red zone are are just one like it's almost automatic we play this every time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so yeah, a lot of zero coverage, right? Or man press. Or or you get you get the, quarters coverage down the red zone. Because because the field's shorter and and you want better run support from your safeties. And yeah. and so if I know so those are the areas I look for. And then and then what am I going to do on short yardage? You know, what I'll have I'll have a certain set of plays on just, you know, short yardage stuff. But but a lot yeah. of short yardage is you know short. It's really goal line stuff, you know what you do yeah. on the goal line, whatever. And that's you know, I mean, honestly, if we get down in all the detail and nitty gritty of it, I mean that's very 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 similar to what I do on the defensive side. Okay, I break down the entire game, down and distance tendencies, 
wide side, short side tendencies, formation tendencies, you know, and you get all the way down into stances and splits and right. everything on the, in there. And you get, you get the tendencies on down distance, formation tendencies, right? What that coordinator likes to run against this type of defense, da da da. And yeah, I, I'm not a guy that automatically blitzes. I, I know you're, I, you're right on the, going to cross the 50, but yeah. some guys do, some guys saying. don't. Yeah, my my defense has definitely changed inside the twenty because, like you said, the field shortens and your coverages yep. have got to be different. Yep. I hate I hate the I get nervous about the trick plays inside the red zone, right? Which the court in the in the quarterback draws and the things they like to run against you down in there. But you know, you're trying to it it is a uh, definitely a great strategic battle between the, the offensive and defensive minds. Yeah, it's interesting there. stuff. Well, it'll it'll be yeah. a it'll be a fun game for uh, BYU against Utah State. We'll see how they do. I think it'll be a really good football game. I think it's a good matchup, regardless of who Utah plays. Utah State is down this year, but I think it's a it's, it's going to be a good football game. I'll be surprised if it's a, a blowout one way or the other. All right. Well, this round of rivals is over. It's over, and I'm off to my corner. He's Jason Buck. I'm Scott Mitchell. We're powered by KSLSports.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Rivals Podcast. Twitter at The Rival Show. And until then, don't act like Jason. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>